What is today's topic? <laughs> well, today we are going to be talking about the apology. Oh, that's what we've entitled this yes. process. Yes, and so we're going to be going into a little bit about what makes a good apology and what a really bad apology is. <laughs> right. And we say that because there are apologies that just are kind of lame. They have no real heart, no feeling, a little self-centered. Right. So it can be done wrong. Absolutely. I don't think it's something that comes naturally to people either to know how to apologize in a meaningful way. Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if there's any possible way to save your marriage or even if you want to? Is there just the tiniest glimmer of hope that you and your spouse can work it out, but you have no clue how or where to start? Hello, and welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. We're your hosts, Johnny and Emily Spiegelmeyer, two formerly seriously broken people who have been called by God to share our story of redemption and the hope that lies within every story that's fully surrendered to God. And we have been where you are, my friends. As a result of adultery fueled by pornography, the marriage vows we had exchanged as newlyweds were eventually shattered. However, we are here together to let you know that this devastation we experienced was actually a gift. On our show, we will be sharing the resources we found invaluable on our road to reconciliation and recovery. We'll tackle the topics of marriage, faith in God, infidelity, porn addiction, and recovery. We will also be taking questions from you, our awesome audience. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us. We want you to know that your story matters and that there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Marriage is redeemed. Hearts renewed. On Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Hello there and welcome back to our show. We've been out of town on vacation for the past week. Yep. We were celebrating my mom's 90th birthday, and it was amazing. We had so much family there. All of my siblings, I have seven of them, they were there and their families, and all five of our grandkids were there as well. So we had just a ball with everyone, and we're just so grateful that my mom is still around, and she's just doing so well. But we're back, and we're glad to be back here with you. And before we dive into our topic today, we are going to read a couple of reviews. Johnny, would you like to start us off? Okay, so this one comes from Tracy Hoth, titled, Such a Needed Topic. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and vulnerability. This topic needs to be discussed more without the shame and guilt. Looking forward to listening to more. And this one is from TX99 underscore NF, and it's titled, Amazing. I love how real and raw this podcast is, shedding light on areas of marriage that many shy away from. Thanks for the rays of hope. We're really so excited to get these reviews from you guys. It just makes us feel like what we're doing here is a blessing and that what we have committed to God in being real and honest about our relationship and our journey is helping others. Yes, as a matter of fact, the emails have already started coming in. Yes. And you guys are doing a great job at letting us know through your emails how this show is impacting your lives. Absolutely. And we are so grateful to be able to pray for you. And I just wanted to say thank you because in your emails, you're being completely vulnerable with us as well. And it's a little bit of an unintended blessing that's coming our way. We strive to be very transparent, very vulnerable, Emily and I, for you guys. 
But for you to reciprocate that kind of vulnerability toward us, we receive a blessing in that. And it also tells us exactly how we can be praying for you. Yes, and how our show can be more helpful to you as well. Yes. And so, Emily, why don't you open us up in prayer before we get into today's topic? Oh, yes, absolutely. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together again and just share a little bit of the journey that we have been on with you to restore our marriage. We're excited about the topic today because it is an exercise in healing. And you are the great healer. We are just so grateful that you give us these resources and tools and your Holy Spirit to help us walk through these difficult times, these difficult challenges in marriage, in relationships, and that you really have all the answers and we just need to seek them out and be willing to follow them so that we can experience the freedom and the joy that comes with living an open, honest life together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, thank you and amen. So Emily, as we were working on this one, you were a little bit excited to bring this one to our listeners. Yes. And so what, <laughs> what is today's topic? Well, today we are going to be talking about the apology. Oh. That's what we've entitled this yes. process. Yes. And so we're going to be going into a little bit about what makes a good apology and what a really bad apology is. <laughs> right. And we say that because there are apologies that just are kind of lame. They have no real heart, no feeling, a little self-centered, and maybe even a little blaming to the other party while you're apologizing. Right, right. So it can be done wrong. Absolutely. I don't think it's something that comes naturally to people either to know how to apologize in a meaningful way. Yes. Yeah, so we have actually, between Emily and I, we've learned to call this the healing apology. Yes, and this is something that we have adapted from a resource that was made available to us in our counseling with the Centers for Relational Care. Yes. We're so grateful that our counselor went through a very similar process with us, and we have just taken it and made it our own. This apology works for any relationship, but we're presenting it as the apology process from the betraying spouse to the betrayed spouse. The betraying spouse can, of course, be the wife, but we are communicating the steps to the healing apology from our experience. We're getting ready to dive in. We have eight steps to a healing apology coming up. So go ahead and uh, grab a pen and a piece of paper if you're able to do so. I know many of you are listening in your, in your cars while you're driving. Yeah, don't stop for a piece of paper. Uh, right, right. <laughs> So take notes if you can, because this is stuff you're going to want to get down. Emily, we're going to present this as me apologizing to you as we work through these steps. The one who is apologizing is going to make each one of these statements. So statement number one is, one of the ways I hurt you is. So you're going to be specific. You're apologizing for one specific thing at a time. You're not apologizing for the whole betrayal. There is far too much wrapped up in one betrayal that has so many facets of hurt, so many incidences of pain that you have caused. And we'll kind of talk a little bit about that. One apology is not going to fix all the betrayal that was done. Yes, and if you aren't sure how you've hurt your spouse, just ask. I gave Johnny a list. Because she did. I wanted to be sure that he hit all the things that were bothering me. 
things that he might not have even known uh, because guys sometimes don't catch clue, right, ladies? <laughs> right. So, um, yes, be brave and, and share with your spouse how you've been hurt. And although Emily did give me a list, I did not go down the list carte blanche and do them one at a time and do this whole eight-step process for each one in a row. There was time in between each, and the reason for that was that I needed to gain an understanding of what it was she was telling me that I did wrong. All right, so step two, the statement is, I was wrong to treat you this way because this is where the betrayer articulates their understanding of why that specific thing was wrong, which is why I did not just tackle all of those on your list at one time. Right. I needed time to understand why it was wrong. So you do them one at a time and you work through it if you have a list like was given to me. Saying I'm sorry doesn't cut it. Saying I'm sorry you feel that I hurt you, that's not taking ownership. That's you putting the blame on them. But how many times have we said that statement? I can't even recall how many times I said it that way and didn't even realize that that's what I was doing. Right. I actually thought I was empathizing with you mm -hmm. and didn't understand that I wasn't. So saying I was wrong is better than saying I'm sorry. Sorry is so overused in our society today there's no real emotion or ownership of an offense that was committed when you just throw out an I'm sorry. Yes, or my bad, or that's on me. <laughs> I mean, those are very right. lame, flippant apologies, and so those are not helpful. So in order to proceed through the healing apology, it has to be real. You're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have to be truthful, and you're going to have to have a clear understanding of what you did wrong. Yes, and you're going to have to be humble, right? You can't even start this process unless you feel in your heart that you are ready to be sorry. <laughs> right. Right? Okay, number three. The statement is, I imagine that you must have felt. So this is where the betrayer needs to connect with the pain of his wife. It can also go the other direction. The betrayer could be the husband or the wife. You can articulate her pain as you understand it. Use your feeling words, something that is more than sad, mad, or glad. And you can Google those feeling words. Uh, we did, and that's how we found out what some of them were. We also got those resources from our counselor. Yeah, and we will be doing an episode in the near future on feeling words, because I think a lot of people don't really understand how to articulate their feelings. I didn't. And that's why we're bringing this up, is that I didn't understand that I had more emotions other than sad, mad, or glad. Right. And with me, because of all the shame and guilt that I've built up over a lifetime, really, I lived in three stages of mad. I was either sad, angry, or enraged. And glad and happy, it took me quite a few months into recovery before I could even articulate that I felt happy or even knew how happy felt. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about that internal feeling of being happy. It took a long time to get there for me. Yeah, and I had a little bit more 
understanding of feeling words, but not as much as I thought I did once I saw the list of emotions that we could articulate to each other. So that was good for me as well. We even did an exercise because we were also given a resource through that Mylan and Kay Yurkovich book on how we love. We were given a list of those feeling words and we would post that on our refrigerator and then each morning we would go into the kitchen when we were making our breakfast. Okay, Emily, tell me the three words that you are feeling today. Yes, it forced us to acknowledge what we were feeling on any particular day. And if it was negative feelings, then we could talk about it. It was so important to express any and all feelings. And it was just the top three of what came to your mind right there. Yes, the top three of that day. And that gave us the ability to deal with issues in real time at that moment. Right. It was awesome. <laughs> yes. Okay. Moving on to number four. The statement here is, I feel blank for you that I caused you this pain. So the betrayer, you are expressing remorse here about how you feel internally about what you've done wrong. Remember, you've just gotten either a list or you understand now what you did wrong. And now you're expressing to the one that you betrayed about how it makes you feel that you did this thing wrong. You're trying again to connect with their pain. Right. There are two sides of this, and this comes right out of Scripture. There's two ideas. There's worldly sorrow, and then there's godly sorrow. Worldly sorrow says, I'm sorry that I got caught, and I will do whatever it takes to get out of trouble. Yes, and godly sorrow says, I was wrong, I hurt you. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says it so well. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. So one worldly sorrow, apology after another, compounds to bring about the death of a relationship. Yes. It can be like what we had just talked about earlier, is that it's so lame. It is without feeling. It doesn't have any merit. It feels empty. Yeah. Unseen. Unheard. Right. Okay. You want to tell us what number five is? All right. Number five. The statement is, would you tell me more about how I hurt you? I truly want to understand Okay, guys, get ready for reality. This is where you are giving the betrayed the opportunity to articulate if you're even on the right track because she's going to give you a real answer based on how she's feeling about it. If you are getting it right, she'll let you know. And if you're not on the right track, she's also going to let you know. Betrayed, you need to be specific on what you're saying. Specific but not hurtful. And so we've learned a process of communicating. It's called drive-through talking. So we were introduced to this by Gary Smalley Ministries back in the early 90s. Then it was hidden keys to loving relationships. And what he taught us was drive-through talking. Emily, you want to tell us what drive-through talking is? Yeah, it's so easy to remember when you compare it to going through a drive-through window and you place an order and the person on the other end repeats it back to you to make sure that they heard you correctly, right? So, yes, give me a cheeseburger and fries and a Diet Coke, <laughs> which is something I would never eat. But that's just for an example. <laughs> and so if the one on the other side of that uh, microphone says, okay, so you want a cheeseburger with fries and a Coke. And you say, uh, no, I said I want a Diet Coke. 
and they're going, okay, so you want a cheeseburger, fries, and a Diet Coke? And I say, yes, that's correct. And that's how you know that communication has taken place. Remember, communication doesn't take place until what was said can be said back to you. Yes, so that the person on the other end knows that they've been heard. Yes, and that is so important in the communication process. Not just saying it, but ensuring that it was heard. And drive-through talking is the process to ensure that that's happened. Okay, moving on to number six. And this statement is, will you forgive me for blank? Betrayer, your job here is to be specific, not just forgive me for being a jerk. It is actually more than just forgive me for treating you badly. You need to articulate in that instance what badly was. Remember, there might be multiple reasons why you treated your spouse badly. And just to let you know, the answer may be no. Why would it be no? Well, the betrayed may not be there yet, and that's okay. They don't have to say that they forgive the betrayer right away. If they are not ready to forgive, then it's okay. Right. They can take the time that they need to process through what's just happened and make a decision after thinking about it, praying about it, and releasing it to God. Right? Right. Okay. And what I would want to add to that is that this doesn't make the apology process that you are currently going through null and void. Right. right. Because the end goal ultimately is forgiveness and healing. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that that forgiveness and healing is going to come right away just because you apologized. It's starting the process. Mm -hmm. What you're doing in the apology is you are letting the other person know how you hurt them. They're going to tell you some things about how you hurt them. You're going to talk back to them about it, and they're going to feel heard. Remember, you're not going to move into the will you forgive me statement until you understand that the one that you're apologizing to feels heard. Right. There's no green light for asking for forgiveness until that person has been right. heard. So just to rehash that one, the answer may be no, and the betrayed may not be ready to extend forgiveness yet, and that is perfectly okay. Yep. All right. Number seven, the statement is, I promise you that... You need to make a promise that you can keep. Remember, if you break the promise that you've made, you've now broken a boundary. And you can go back to our episode five on boundaries. If you want to get some clarity on boundaries, you can go back to that and why they're important. But you need to make a promise that you can keep. You need to be realistic. Don't give unrealistic fluff talk. That's the stuff that says that I'll do anything for you. I'll do whatever it takes to make it right. No, you need to be specific. I promise you that I will go see this person and talk to them to gain a better understanding about what I've done. That is a specific promise that can be kept. But now, if you make that statement, you got to back it up. You have to go and talk to that person. That could be a trusted friend or it could be a counselor. We talked a little bit about that on, on the last episode when you were angry. Who do you talk to right. about these things? So that kind of goes both ways. The betrayed also has to have trusted people mm -hmm. that isn't going to try to just tell you, hey, you know, it's okay. We do that thing too. We mentioned it in our last episode 
that a trusted friend is the one who will point you back to God. Yes, exactly. All right, so we're going to move on to number eight. The statement here, which is actually a question, is, will you allow me to pray for you right now that God will heal your hurt? So there's two parts of that. If she says yes, then talk to God for her with her. Hold both of her hands in your hands and look at her. And do an open eye prayer to God, looking in your spouse's eyes. Because they will be able to see you. Remember, the same way that you held those hands when you made those vows, hold them again and pray and ask God to heal their hurts. Articulate before God and before the one that you're making the apology to how you've hurt them and how you understand and speak that out loud specifically to God. You will do so much good work by keeping your eyes open, looking at each other and praying to God. The second part of that, though, is if the answer is no, if that person just is not ready to receive that prayer from you, they might be, like Emily described in our last episode about being angry, they might be in a place where they are so angry that they're not even ready to pray with you yet. You know what? And that is okay also. There's a solution for that. So just as I said first, if the answer is yes, go talk to God for her with her, if she answers no, you go talk to God about her for her. You are interceding on her behalf, but you are also opening yourself up to God. You are opening yourself up to the healing that he will bring you while you are asking for healing for your spouse. Right. It's such good stuff. So now that we have run through all the steps... Emily and I are actually going to model an apology for you today. This is an apology that I made to her in the past. I don't have it memorized. We're literally doing this off the cuff, but we're going to go ahead and do it for you. Yes, this was about four years ago that she made this apology, but it's going to be nice to hear it again. It never hurts to hear it again, but I don't want you to feel like you have to keep apologizing for the same thing over and over again. It's part of the healing process to recognize that it was apologized for. And the one who's betrayed has to recognize, yes, you have apologized for that. Thank you for doing that. And then you may go back and revisit the forgiveness, whether they have forgiven you or not. It may be that if the betrayed continues to feel like you need to apologize for the same violation, it may be that they have not reached a place of forgiveness yet. Right. And so if they had previously said no, that they don't forgive you, then another apology with an opportunity to ask that again might be helpful, right? Right. I think it would give an opportunity to revisit it again and understand whether that healing has started. Are you ready, Emily? Yes, I think I am. I've done this uh, a number of times. And it's still not easy. It's a simple process and it's a necessary one, but it's not easy because it's humbling. And it it reminds me of the things in my past that I got wrong. This is not who I am now, but here we go. Emily, I want to apologize to you. I'm so sorry that I put you second. I didn't put you first in my life. I put other people 
I put my own feelings. I put them ahead of you. I put myself ahead of you. And I could imagine that that must have made you feel inadequate. Or maybe that you weren't enough. And I am so sorry for that. I was wrong to treat you that way because it puts you in a place where you understood that you were not number one in my life. And after everything that you do to put me number one, to realize that you were not number one in my life had to have been very painful. And then to kind of live with that one day at a time, dripping a whole marriage life together, 30 years. I feel that some of the pain that I caused you left you feeling inadequate about yourself. I, I imagine that that probably touched into your self-worth, the value that you had, your outlook. Would you tell me more about how I hurt you? I really want to understand. Yes. Um, yes, I did feel for much of our marriage, you did put me second to yourself and to others. And then in the later years, you know, the women, the pornography, putting that before me. I was so crushed by the reality that you had chosen to be with other women over me. It was really hard to wrap my mind around it for a long time. I was very angry then about it for a long time. And it just made me feel, like you said, not enough. It made me feel that I didn't measure up. I lost my confidence. I lost the feeling of safety and security that I had. Thinking about you with other women was very devastating for me. Every time I remembered something that you had told me and I was triggered about it, all those feelings would come back. The feelings of comparison, the feelings of low self-worth, yes, not being enough. So what I heard you say is that what I did to put you second was when I chose to have sex with other women when I chose to use and abuse pornography over my whole lifetime and specifically inside of our marriage, that that put you second. I think the big thing that I heard in what you just said was that it did make you feel unimportant, but it also made you feel that you were being compared. Yes. Did I, did I get it all? Yes, you did. I think you do understand what I'm talking about. Emily, will you forgive me for... Will you forgive me for the three women that I had sex with that was not you? Will you forgive me for the years of pornography, especially for the ones inside our marriage? And will you forgive me for receiving admiration from women that just, I, I, I lived on needing that affirmation. Will you forgive me for that, please? 
Yes, Johnny, I do forgive you. Emily, I will promise you, and from today on, there will be no other women in my life but you. You will be first, first woman in my life. You will be second to God only. I will not seek a relationship with any other woman, whether emotional, spiritual, or physical. I will not turn to pornography to satisfy my own needs. I will not allow fantasy to enter into my mind and stay. I will make every effort to get fantasy out of my life when it tries to creep into my mind and send it on its way. And I promise you that I will not linger in the compliments and admiration of women specifically or even all those who would say great things about me and try to take it too far. I promise you that. Emily, can I, can I pray for you right now that God will heal your hurt? Yes, please do. Father, we're here together. My wife has hurt so much over what I've done. The pain that I've caused her. Making her feel second. Making her feel not enough. Compared by others. She should never feel compared ever in her life. Forgive me, Father, for those things that I did. I pray, Lord, your continual healing in Emily's life that the memories of these things will fade in time, that you, Father, by your very presence, will comfort her. Have mercy on us both. Have mercy on me, Father, for my betrayal. Have mercy on Emily for how she's been hurt. We thank you, Lord, that you are perfect in your promises and you are faithful that when we come to you, you're going to do exactly as you said. You will comfort us. You will guide us. You will protect us. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <sighs> Pass the Kleenex box, please. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Wow, that was as powerful today as it was four years ago. It just really brings up emotions from those hurts that have been so deep. And uh, I don't feel the same way that I did when you first apologized. I don't have those same feelings of being second, not being enough, being compared. God has answered that prayer and he has healed me. Yes, it did take a while. But I can say now, looking back, that the pain has faded. When we bring it up and talk about it, I can feel those emotions again. But he really has done a work in both of us. Yes. It doesn't get easy from my part either. But as you can tell, I, I stumbled through it. I have the script right in front of me. And I still stumbled through it because the feelings of what I did, they became fresh and new again, even though I knew that I had dealt with it that I am putting Emily first in my life, and she is second only to God. 
I know that I'm doing all those things, but still revisiting that still brings that emotion. So if this happens to you where when you revisit a memory or an event and that emotion comes back just as powerful, it's okay. Yes. It reminds us that we're human. Right. And that God gave us these emotions. And sometimes the painful parts remind us to never go there again. Right. So we're going to recap. In case you missed it when you were taking notes, we're going to recap the whole eight-step process briefly for you. So number one, you say one of the ways I hurt you is, and be specific. Number two, I was wrong to treat you this way because, and this is where you articulate your understanding of why that specific thing was wrong. And remember saying, I'm sorry, doesn't cut it. Number three, empathize. This is where you say, I imagine you must have felt dot, 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 right? You need to connect with the pain of the person you're apologizing to. Number four, I feel blank for you that I caused you this pain. And this is where you're feeling that godly sorrow for what you did wrong. The godly sorrow that brings repentance. Not the worldly sorrow that says, I'm just trying to get out of trouble. Number five, you say, would you tell me more about how I hurt you? I truly want to understand. This is where the person you're apologizing to has the opportunity to make sure that you understand exactly how you hurt them. And then number six, you ask for forgiveness. Again, be specific. And remember, the answer may be no, and that's okay. And number seven, make a promise. Make a promise you can keep. And number eight, ask the person you're apologizing to if you can pray for him or her. If yes, do it right then. Talk to God. Do it with your eyes open. And if no, find an opportunity to talk to God about your spouse for their healing. Okay. Wow. There's no promise that this is ever going to be easy. No, it isn't easy. If it was, more people would be doing it. <laughs> yes. So there is actually a scripture verse that we have tied to this. James 5:16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. When the betrayer in this apology is praying for the betrayed, is that person righteous? Well, the answer to that is yes, actually, because you are taking that time and making that effort to take your spouse before God and pray for them. You may be doing the first righteous act in your recovery. And when you can do one righteous act and then do another righteous act, healing begins. And for you, the betrayer, I will tell you this. This is where dignity begins. You start to have your own two feet to stand on. Why? Because you got on your knees before God with your wife. You were brave with your wife. And you interceded for your wife. You owned up to what you did. You are apologizing and you're asking for forgiveness. This is the healing. You're giving your spouse everything that they need for their healing to start. 
but it's also giving you what you need to get started in your healing. And for the betrayed, this apology process is an amazing thing. But really, God wants us to forgive whether we get an apology or not. This just makes it way easier to do. (laughs) But we do have to square that with God if we're unwilling to forgive. Now, I'm not saying that you have to forgive right away. Like we said earlier, it's okay if you're not ready. It does take some time. But that decision to forgive doesn't necessarily correlate with feelings. You make the decision and the feelings will come. God will help you work through the feelings and he will help those feelings to change into the forgiveness that you've declared. So it's a scary thing to forgive someone who's hurt you that deeply. And you might feel that it's condoning their actions if you do forgive. But it's not. It's just freeing you from bitterness and pain. So forgiveness is a beautiful process for both parties. So I just want to encourage you, whether you get an apology like this or not, to really seek God's help in forgiving those who have hurt you. Whether they're sorry or not, whether they say they're sorry or not, forgiveness is necessary because God forgave us first. Yes. Thank you so much for that, Emily. Thank you so much for your participation in this. I know that that it's an (laughs) us thing, but each one of us, we come to the table, so to speak, and we have to make a choice each time that we sit down to do this podcast to be open and vulnerable. Yes. And I'm grateful to you that you allow yourself, your story, your part in this, to be heard so that people can know how this affects their lives. Yes, and I'm so grateful for you, Johnny, because I can't even imagine being in your shoes and doing this. (laughs) You're so brave. So let me close us in prayer today. Father, thank you so much for this time that we've been together. Thank you that you have allowed us to be so open that you have inspired us to move down into this level of vulnerability, to be honest. Because when we confess to you, Father, you are faithful and just to heal us from all unrighteousness. And we're grateful. We pray, Father, for those who are hearing this today, that they would be willing to start thinking about and moving toward extending apologies to the ones that they've hurt. That those who are hurt would be willing to receive an apology and to be able to start the process of moving beyond pain into forgiveness that leads to hope. Thank you, Father, for being with us today. We ask that you would be present with those who are listening today. Walk with them, care for them, and love them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we have homework for you this week. And the homework is to go apologize. Think about who you might have offended. Now, in the context of this whole podcast, this is going to be your spouse because you're the betrayer. Again, this works both ways. The betrayer could be the husband or the wife. But don't let it sit any longer. Initiate the apology. It goes far better when you initiate the apology than when you wait for the apology to be asked for. Right, exactly. Okay, we went through these eight steps. And if you want a copy of these eight steps, you can get those from us by sending us an email that says, 
I want the eight steps for a healing apology, and we will send those to you. Contact us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. Ask for the healing apology resource, and we will send that right to you. So join us next week because we're going to be talking about the keys to unlocking forgiveness. This is very timely after hearing about an apology, right? <laughs> yes. And it's, it's actually good because once the apologies begin, you can move into so many different areas as healing begins. Yes. It doesn't have to just stay within the context of betrayal. This apology is for any situation where somebody has been offended. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being with you again next week. So until next time, Marriage is Redeemed. Hearts Renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who is going through a similar situation and needs to know that they're not alone. One of the best ways you can help us reach more people is to leave us a written review on Apple Podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear questions from you that we can answer in our midweek show. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.